It is good to see everybody here. We got some faces we haven't seen in a little while. My, my parents are back from, from Ohio, and we're praying for them. They'll be making another trip back south here shortly. Uh, we only get them for a little while because they, uh, my, 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 my aunt, or aunt as we say in Ohio, my wife always gives me a hard time about that. It's aunt, it's aunt. No, it's aunt. I'm from Ohio, and that's where she lives. Uh, my, my aunt, Eddie, uh, is uh, have, has to have surgery, and she takes care of my, my grandfather. So my, my parents are going to go down and, and uh, help there. So we'll be praying for them as they do that. Uh, but it's good to have them back for a short period of time, and hopefully we'll have them back too long, not too long later than that. Uh, it's also good to see uh, it's, it's Velda and mine, Richard. My, my name is, I'm, my memory is horrible, but uh, it's good to have you guys back. Uh, he's, he had to have surgery and recover. And he's, he's got, he said, a piece of submarine in his hip. They replace his hip, but uh, it's good to see him back. We've been praying for you. Uh, a Christian submarine. Russian. Russian submarine. Well, I'm glad we have it and not them. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, it's good to have everybody here. And uh, I, I'm just thankful for God's people and thankful for what unites us. Because we're all different. Uh, just look around. There ain't nobody that looks like you. There's, not, uh, there's nobody here that acts like you or talks like you. or Well, maybe some people. I, nobody talks like me. Uh, but... Uh, 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 looks like he talks as long as me. <laughs> hey, you don't have to laugh at that. That's not a joke. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, but uh, grab your Bibles and turn back to First Chronicles chapter 4 this morning. We're going to be looking at uh, Jabez this morning. It's interesting. Uh, I, I, when I'm reading through uh, the Bible, and that, by the way, I, I thank the Lord for the Bible. But when I'm reading through the Word of God, uh, there are some places that, that I, uh, not that I struggle with reading them, I struggle pronouncing some of them. And, to, and honestly, it can be a little dry to read through the genealogies. It can be hard to, to, to really stay tuned in. And, but, but I love how in the midst of those difficult or dry parts, God throws in a little a little uh, bit of truth, a grain. And there's, there's really a lot of truth here for us today. So I, I, I encourage you to, to, to pay attention. Uh, we're going we're gonna to read, starting in verse 9, and read, just read 9 and 10, and, and uh, see what the Lord would have for us uh, this morning. It says in verse 9, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coasts, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. I love this next part. And God granted him that which he requested. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for uh, the truth of your word. And how the principles of your word apply to our life, Lord. Uh, it's not just something that we can learn about, but Lord, it's relevant to each one of us as individuals. So God, I pray that you would help us. I pray that your spirit of God would open up our eyes of understanding, Lord, that we would be able to, to, to truly see and understand. Lord, that we pray that you would touch our hearts, convict or challenge or encourage whatever is needed. I pray that the spirit, your spirit would have your way with each one of us. Help me not to say anything, Lord, that I shouldn't say. And God, I pray that you would help me to speak what it is you'd have me to say. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. There are a lot of people that are named in the Bible. Some are good, 
and then others are not so good. Uh, it, it's, uh, you can, you, there, are, there are men like Paul that we see named many times in the Bible. And, then, and you remember Paul for all the things that he did. And there are so many good things you forget some of the bad things that Paul did. Of course, they changed his name, so. <laughs> uh, uh, but then we also look at men like Demas. If you remember the verse, it says, Demas hath forsaken me, for he loved this present world. Man, that, that's a stain on his life. That's a testimony, right? Uh, we, we never met Demas. We, we don't know what he looked like. We don't know what he wore. We don't know much even about his background. But we do know that for a while, he traveled and served with Paul. Uh, he, he went on uh, some missionary journeys. Uh, Paul calls him a fellow laborer. Uh, call, uh, Paul, uh, Paul says that, uh, that Demas greets you in one of the letters, uh, one of the letters that, he, that he wrote. Uh, he, he was there. Uh, he was a part of the ministry. But that, that last thing that's left about Demas puts a stain on his entire testimony. He says he fors- that he forsook us. Uh, he forsook Paul. Why? Because he loved the present world. Uh, there's a reason why God puts things in the Bible. Now, this man that we're going to talk about this morning, uh, there's not a whole lot that we know about him. In fact, everything that we know about Jabez is located in these two verses. He's not mentioned anywhere else in Scripture. Uh, and we're going to, I, I, I pray that we don't make any assumptions of things that we don't understand or don't know or the Bible doesn't tell us, but there, I believe there's some truths that we can learn about Jabez. Because it blesses my heart that God calls him honorable, despite what his mother called him. It blesses my heart that God heard his prayer. And I'll be honest, I believe his prayer was part of why God called him honorable. If we, as we look at it this morning, uh, we, we see that verse 9, and forgive me, my wife says she hates it when people take off and put on their glasses, but I can't see with them, I can't see far away with them on, and I can't see close up without them. So it says verse 9, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Man, what, is, what, what a blessing to have God say, you were honorable. I, don't you want that to be your testimony? I mean, listen, it, it, it feels great when, when, when somebody comes along and says, you know, you are an honorable person. You, you are a good person. You feel good inside when, when a friend or a, a, I feel good inside when my dad says, I'm proud of you, son. I feel, I feel good when my wife says, uh, she says, you know, I was, I was proud of you today. I, I feel good when and my kids feel good when I say I'm proud of them. It feels good when somebody lifts you up. But when God lifts you up, man, what a blessing that would be. Now, we all hopefully have a desire when we get to heaven to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Sadly, I believe there are many that will get to heaven expecting to hear that. And according to the word of God, instead they're going to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. Now, that, that, that means we need to take a, a look at our lives, that we need to examine ourselves, and, and what is it that we can do now in our life now to bring that about in the, in the future. Because the truth is, one day we're all going to stand before God. The Bible says it's, it's appointed unto man once to die. We are all going to die unless Jesus Christ comes back and takes us, takes us home, and then we get to be raptured. But guess what? The next part will still happen. Appointed unto man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. 
Now there will be two judgments. There will be the judgment where God separates the sinners from the saints, the sheep from the goats. And, and those that are saved uh, will, be, will be separated and kept safe and will spend eternity with God forever. Man, I thank God for that. I, I praise God that, I, that I'm not going to spend my, my eternity separated from, from him and, and suffering in, in hellfire and damnation, uh, uh, being meted out the punishment, the wrath of God. But that's what's going to happen to those that reject him. But there will still be a judgment me. All my works will be judged. The Bible says every idle word. See, a lot of times we think that we're okay just because, because oh, God hasn't struck me down dead. The book of Psalms says that the, the, the fool thinks that, that just because the, the, the silence of God, they, they think that they're safe. Judgment's coming. Israel thought that for a long time. Think about it. Uh, if, you go, if you study back through the, the, the book of 1 Kings and 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, there weren't a whole lot of good kings and there were a whole lot of bad kings. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of times when, when the, the people of Israel did that which was right in the eyes of God. Most of the time they did that which was evil in the eyes of God. And, and God, sent them, God sent them warning after warning after warning, prophet after prophet after prophet, who would stand up and say to, to repent, to, to go back, to turn back to God. In the end it says... In the end of Second Chronicles, it says that, that God brought judgment, and that without remedy. There was no turning back at that point. Now, we have a gracious God. We do. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would be here. Me, at the top of that list. But I want you to understand that the lives that we now live the things that we're seeking for now aren't about what's going on in this world. We, we, we don't want to get so earthly-minded that we forget that there is an eternity ahead of us. A, a very wise man, his name was Jim Elliot, a, a Christian, said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus said, What does a man profit if he... Gains a whole world, but he loses his own soul. It's important for us to realize that those things that we gain here on this earth, while are pleasurable and sometimes good, in light of eternity, they're all going to rust away, pass away. Ultimately, they're worthless. So what do we do? What do we do about our situation? Uh, it says that, that, that Jabez was honorable, more honorable than his brethren. Notice the next part of the verse. It says, and his mother called his name Jabez. Well, surprise, mom gave him his name. Saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Now, names are interesting in the Bible. See, nowadays in America, people name their kids whatever they feel like naming them. Because it sounds good. There are some really strange names out there. I, I've heard of some, uh, I don't know who it was, what, what actress it was, but she named her child Apple. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. There are some names that are cultural, and I understand that. But in the Bible, names meant something. I think, think about when Abraham, uh, we see the, 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 name, the name of God, Jehovah Jireh. God is the provider. You know where we see that? At, at the story where God, uh, not the story, the account, where God uh, told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And Isaac is, is going up the, the mountain carrying the wood, and his dad's carrying the knife, and his, he looks at his dad and says, Dad, we've got the wood and we've got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? 
And he says, God will provide for us a lamb. Now, he didn't know at that time what was going to happen. Hebrews tells us that, that he did this by faith, knowing that if, that if he followed through and did what God called him to do, that he believed that God would raise Isaac up from the dead because Isaac was the son of promise. He had no understanding that God was going to provide another lamb, and that's exactly what happened. He got up there, he raised that night, he tied his son Isaac up, and, 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 and I don't... I can't imagine how difficult that was. But he got up there with that knife and he raised it above his head and, and he was about to plunge it into his son's chest and, 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 and God said, stop! Don't do that. There's a ram over here. And he lifted up his eyes and there was a ram caught in the thicket and he untied his son. And he sacrificed the lamb, the, the ram that God had provided. And he called God on that, at that day, on that day, Jehovah Jireh, the God who will provide. Mean, names meant something. Now, it tells us why she named Jabez here, Jabez. Because she bore him in sorrow. Now, we could go into a lot of questions as, as to why that was. Why, why the, the, the carrying and the giving of birth of this young baby was brought sorrow into her life? I don't know the reasons. We can guess, uh, maybe, but, but that doesn't really give us any good answers. But what we do know this is that he carried that name in his, his entire life. Every time he was out playing in the yard as a little boy, Sorrow, because that's sorrowful. That's what Jabez means. Sorrowful, sorrowful. How would you like that to be your name? Every time your name is spoken, you're reminded that of the pain, whatever pain that was, the difficulty, whatever difficulty that was, the sorrow that you brought on your mother's heart. Every time she spoke your name, that's what you're reminded of. And that's a heavy burden to place on a child. A difficulty that, that he had to carry. Listen, he had brothers, the Bible tells us. doesn't tell us what their names were, but it wasn't sorrowful. Who knows, maybe it was Larry, Moe, and Curly. I don't know. Uh, but we, we don't know what their names were, but what we do know is that he carried this burden of this, this, this sorrow that he had no control over. He was born. That's all he did. He didn't purposely cause sorrow. He didn't purposely cause pain. Every, every child brings pain in childbirth. And truthfully, every, every child, while they bring joy, also brings sorrow. But he had to bear that his entire life. Now, it, it, it saddens me and when I see people that, 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 that people are afflicted with all kinds of different problems in their life, that they will carry with them and will be a burden on them that they, that they can't seem to shake. It, 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 whether it's, it may not be the name that they carry, but the past that they carry. Something that they had no control over. Or maybe they did, but it's, it, there's nothing that they can do can, to, 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 to remove that stain off of their life. And they allow that to, to destroy their lives. They allow that to limit what they're able to do. 
They allow that to, to keep them from, from, from serving God. They allow that to keep them from being successful in, the, in life. They allow that to, to, to drag them down. And many times it brings people into a depression. It brings people into a, 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 a sense of aloneness and they deprive themselves from fellowship or friendship. They, they, they don't think there's any hope for them. And many times it drives people to suicide. Suicide is going, the rate of suicide is going higher and higher. I, I was blessed in my family. I, I can't say that I look back at my life and, and can complain about anything. So I can't say that I really relate to that, other than that, that I see that in other people's lives and it bothers me. Because when we get saved, guess what? That's not who we are anymore. We're cleansed. We're forgiven. We're changed. Our past doesn't matter. Whether you grew up in church as a pastor's kid, or whether your story is so terrible that you can't even speak it. If you're a child of God, your life is different because of God. So this boy who grew into a man carried this burden. But something was different about Jabez. He didn't allow his, this, his past sorrow. He didn't allow his past trouble. He didn't allow these things that he couldn't control, control him. Instead, he went to the one who could control everything. And he asked for help. See, the truth is, the reason Jabez had victory, the reason that Jabez was more honorable was not because of what he could do, it's because of what he allowed and sought God to do in his life. We have recorded for us in, in verse 10 the prayer of Jabez. That's not a long prayer. It wasn't, it's not flowery. It doesn't have a lot of big words. If somebody were to get up and pray, pray that prayer here in this church, we would be done in, like, you probably wish I, I preached like that. Done like that. I said yesterday at a graduation, uh, I stood up and, and, and said something. I said, I'm a man of few words. And my wife said, liar. <laughs> I said, she speaks the truth. Uh, but we have recorded here in this verse a short prayer, but a powerful prayer. And it's a prayer that if we incorporate it into our own lives, I believe that we would see God do great, great things. And listen, God is capable of doing great things. He is not limited in what, God, what he can do other than in what he can't do. There are a few things God can't do. He can't lie. He can't change. He can't, go, he can't act against his nature. But Jesus said, and I read this just the other day and reminded of it, nothing, with God, nothing is impossible. He says in another place, with God, all things are possible. So, so why do we allow ourselves, our lives, our function, what we can do for the Lord to be limited by our past or our present? Because what's in the past is honestly in the past. But what we do with the past can limit us in our present. Let's take a look at this prayer. It says in verse 10, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, 
oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. That word oh is a, is a word that signifies passion in his prayer. Passion is, is a, a fervent spirit, a, a, fer, a, a stirred up desire for something. You have to remember his background. And we don't know the particulars of it, but we know that there was a problem. There was something that, 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 that was a weight, a burden, a sorrow that, that, that he carried in his name even that, 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 that wore him down, that bore him down. And I can only imagine his brothers um, as he was growing up and just how difficult it was to be named Jabez when that means sorrowful. He was reminded of it all the time. And in fact, they probably teased him about it because kids tease each other about names. And, and if, they, if your name isn't funny enough, they'll make up a name for you that's funny, right? It, it, it's, that's just how kids are. But listen, he grew up with that. But there came a point in his life, he said, I don't want this anymore. He was, he was tired of the grief. He was tired of the sorrow. He said, I want something to be different. So he said, oh, God. pleaded to God with passion. He pleaded for God's prosperity. It was a passionate plea for God's prosperity. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Now, that word bless is interesting. And, and, and in fact, this is the, the, the way it's phrased to me is interesting. Uh, if you look at the Greek, the word bless is actually, the word is used twice. It's it's. Raka, I believe, is, is how it's pronounced. And it's, it's uh, the word blessed is that, and then the word indeed is that. So he asked to be double blessed. Now, when we think of what a blessing is, people have a whole lot of different ideas of what blessing is. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen the musical, um, oh, what's it, uh, Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, I, 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 I loved that that. That musical, uh, I grew up listening to or watching musicals. But uh, I can remember, uh, I don't remember the, the guy's name, Tiva. Uh, he's, he's, a, dun, 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 dun. He's, he's singing this song about wealth. He goes, if wealth is a curse, then curse me. But the truth is, most of us think that wealth is a blessing. Wouldn't life be easier if you had more money, brother? If you had money in your bank account to pay all your bills... And then there was more money on top of that. And then more money. You could go out. Brother, you could have five Harleys. I could get myself a, a Camaro. I had a Camaro a long time ago when I was a lot younger and better looking. You're not supposed to laugh at me being a better looking for uh, You could have anything that you want. If you had unlimited resources of money, man, what a blessing that would be. That's what most people think. Because we, we, if, if, you're on, if you're on the lower end of that, what you, what you look at is you say, okay, I got this many bills and this much money, and why does the bills always seem to outweigh the money? I just wish I had some more money. Lord, bless me with money. And, and in fact, a lot of times you'll hear that. The Lord, bless me with this. The Lord, bless me with this. And we think of the, the physical aspect of it. But the truth is, with greater money comes greater problems. Let's just be honest. It's, it's funny how uh, I can meet somebody who makes $40,000 a year and they're, man, it's, it's, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And then you meet somebody who's, who makes $200,000 a year and guess what? They're living paycheck to paycheck. What happened? How does this happen? 
as the more money you have, yes, you can have some extra things. So we might want some of those extra things, but guess what? They also come with problems. I, I, I was up at a, when my wife and I were first dating. Uh, we went hiking. It was one of our third or fourth dates, and we were up on top of Mountain Batty, and uh, we were looking down off the mountain down into the to the in the Camden Harbor, and there was this boat down there. Now I say boat, not in, it, it was a yacht. It was a yacht big enough to have a helipad with a helicopter sitting on top of it. And I was sitting next to, uh, to my father-in-law now, who, before he was my father-in-law, and he goes, wouldn't that be nice? I said, no. I said, because I wouldn't have the money to pay the taxes and put the gas in that boat. It, it comes with problems. In fact, any boat, that if, if you buy a boat, just so you know, it's just a hole in the water you throw your money into. Uh, uh, while they can be fun, it's, they're, they're expensive. But it's all, everything's expensive. But more money, more problems. In fact, if you do any kind of research on people that have won the lottery, most of them have all kinds of problems. Why? Because with that kind of money, suddenly you have family coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, I could use some help. Right? So is, blessing, is money really a blessing? No. Now, is, is it necessary for our lives to live? Yes. And I'm thankful for the provision of God. But let's not confuse God's provision with financial blessings. Because the, the prosperity that God gives us may not be monetary in value, but it's much greater. Think about the inheritance we have in heaven. We're walking on streets of gold. We're going to get to, get to heaven, and that gold will be like asphalt to us. Not important. You know what will be important? Being with Christ. Seeing our family and friends there with us. Those that we've been able to, uh, that have gone on before us. Uh, man, what a blessing it's going to be to see Pastor Williams. What a blessing it is going to be to see Rose and Arnie. Right. And all those others that are already. And to know that, that I'm going to get to be there someday. That's a wealth that you can't buy. In fact, take all my money. It won't get you very far. But I'm going to be in heaven. Yes. And on top of that. People that I've been privileged to be used to lead to the Lord. Now, I'm just a signpost. I'm not trying, I don't want to, I'm not taking any credit here. But it's going to be a blessing to be able to see people that I've shared the scripture with and to see that they were saved and they get to inherit eternal life. And I'll take those crowns, whatever rewards, and I'll cast them at Christ's feet. That's a wealth that I, I look forward to. A secondary kind of, 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 of blessing that we think of is, that many people in the world think of is fame. Now, none of us, I don't, think any, I don't know that anybody here really wants a whole lot of fame, but it, there's a whole lot of people that look for fame in this world. If not fame as in they want to be on TV uh, or on TikTok or YouTube or whatever like that, that, that craze just drives me crazy. Uh, uh, they, there are those that like the notoriety of being the most important person in the room. And can I say this, that Jesus said none of that was worth it. In fact, the, the greatest in heaven will be the least of these. God hates pride and he lifts up the humble. So 
So to, to have fame and fortune, the truth is, look at all the famous people out there in, in the world. They're still looking for stuff. They're not satisfied. Health is another blessing, right? Yesterday, I was able to fit behind my washing machine and, 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 un, and fix it, whereas four, six months ago, last time we had to get it fixed, I couldn't. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I've lost weight. I'm getting stronger. Uh, uh, somebody said this morning, you, you look like you're losing more weight. And I, I haven't actually lost weight in the last six weeks. But I, I'm, lift, I, I'm, I'm exercising, I'm lifting heavier, so my clothes fit better. And, and I'm, I'm feeling good. I don't hurt going up and down the stairs anymore. It, it feels good. But if that's what we consider a blessing, guess what? You can lose that in a day. Just ask my wife. <laughs> a little ice on the stairs. And she laid in bed for the next six weeks. Well, not, I guess not in bed for six weeks, but she's still suffering pain from it. A, a couple weeks of, of not, not getting the food or being sick, getting COVID, right? All those things can take away your health. God's taking away my blessings. Our health is temporary. But you can have the wealth of God even... You can have the blessings of God even if you don't have health. How many, how many of you have aches and pains in the morning? How many of, how many of you, your bones are kind of like a, a, the weatherman. They tell you when it's going to rain. Right? Those things happen to us as we get older. But God hasn't taken the blessings, of, the blessings away from you. See, no, while, while health is a, is, is a blessing, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's a temporary blessing. It can come and go, and you may never have it. There are those that are born with the, the disabilities, whether physical or mental, that, that, that can be blessed as more blessed than anybody. It has nothing to do with their physical health. I don't believe Jabez was praying about his health. We all consider our home a blessing. At least I do. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that I've got a roof over my head. I'm thankful for my parents uh, and, and the, the, uh, the, the influence that they were on my life and still are, and, and now on my kids. I, I'm thankful for my wife. I, all those things are good things. But they're temporary. Are they not? Let's just be honest. My mom got COVID. She could have died. Did God remove the blessings from my life? No. I'm thankful that she's here. And we prayed for her. People all over the country prayed for her. And God heard our prayers and answered. But I want you to understand, that when, when Jabez is praying here, I, I don't believe he's praying for these temporal, temporary things. He's asking God to do a work in his life. He's asking God to make him prosperous, not in the eyes of mankind, but in the eyes of God. His desire isn't for wealth or fame or fortune or family. His desire was God's hand would be upon his life, that he would grow and mature as a child of God, as a follower of God, and that God would have his, have his hand all over him. 
It amazes me what uh, these, some of these, uh, these missionaries that we, that we now support over in uh, uh, these other countries, what they live in and the, the, the circumstances that they're living in and how they just praise God for what he's doing because God is working in their ministries and God is blessing them. But they live in little huts and they don't have vehicles and they, they're, they're scraping together food and they're trying not to get sick. And listen, all those things are temporary, but they have the blessings of God on their life. I wish we as Christians would be passionate about God's blessing on us. Not on the temporal things, but on the spiritual things. When's the last time we passionately prayed for God to make us soul winners? When's the last time we passionately prayed to God to, 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 to help us to grow, to give us wisdom? Uh, he, remember, he didn't, uh, he didn't say, well, Lord, you know, I need this, so... He was passionately praying, asking God to do a work in him. It was a passion, a passion for God's prosperity. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me. Notice the next part of his prayer. In verse 10 it says, Bless me indeed and enlarge my coasts. Enlarge my coasts. Uh, he's saying, make my circle bigger. Enlarge the circumference of my influence. Now, there are people that are in business that would like to enlarge their circumference. They want their big business to grow. They want to have a greater influence. Uh, sometimes people want to have a greater influence in politics or in, 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 in uh, human relations. Uh, but I, I don't believe that that's what he's, he's asking for. He's, he's saying, God, give me a, a greater reach. Uh, help me to accomplish the, your purpose in my life. In fact, uh, I believe he's, he's asking for, for, he's pursuing God's purpose. He's saying, enlarge my coast. Uh, we can do a lot. There's, there are a million things that we can do. Uh, we, you can go to school to be a nurse. You can go to school to be a, a doctor. You can go to school to be uh, a, a politician. You can go to school for anything out there. In fact, you can probably find somewhere you can go to school to be an underwater basket weaver. I don't know. Right? Uh, you can find some kind of crazy, in fact, there's all kinds of crazy things you go to school to, go to, school to become. Uh, especially you young people, but even you, you not so young people. Uh, we, we, we can, we, there are so many opportunities out there that we can go out and do anything that we really set our mind out to. But the greatest thing that you can do isn't to become a doctor or a lawyer, a plumber, own your own business, or even become the president of the United States. The greatest thing that you can do is to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Whatever that is. God has a purpose in your life. Do you know that? He didn't just set you down here, let you go and say, wander off, little boy. Wander off, little girl. Go do with your life what you would. He knows the number of hairs on your head. For some, it's an easier number to remember. Rich. <laughs> For others, that number is always changing. Me. <laughs> My hair is falling out. Right? God knows those things, but he intimately knows your heart. He also knows what he had planned for you. God has great things planned for all of us. Now, that great thing may not be being famous or wealthy. 
That great thing may not be that you go out and, and, and even, it may not even be that you go out and become a pastor or a preacher and you preach to thousands of people. It might be that you are just the one who gets to witness to and lead the, to the Lord one who will go out and do great things. We all know D.L. Moody's name because he was a well-known preacher. A lesser-known man was the man who led him to the Lord. I, I honestly don't even remember his name. But, but uh, he was a Sunday school teacher. He, he came to D.L. Moody while he was at work, and uh, he said he was concerned for soul. They sat down, they talked, and D.L. Moody got saved. And then D.L. Moody went out and became one of the greatest soul winners and greatest preachers that America has ever seen. I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm saying he's one of the greatest. And we all know D.L. Moody, but nobody remembers, or most people, a lot of people don't remember or know of, the man who led him to the Lord. See, what would have happened if he hadn't fulfilled his purpose? What will happen if you don't fulfill your purpose? You say, well, you know, I'm not really capable, I'm not really able, you don't know my history or my background. I don't know what you're capable of but I do know what God is capable of. I don't know what your background is, but I know the grace of God. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, here he is, he's saying, enlarge my circumference, enlarge my coast, help me to do, fulfill all that you would have me to do. Do not limit yourself, don't let your past or your present limit what God can do in your life. Pursue God's purpose for your life. If you do that, guess what? All those other things, that sorrow, those things that would hold you back, they'll disappear. Do you remember? Now, Jabez's mother called him sorrowful. And we call him Jabez because that's his name. But God called him honorable. Why? Because he pursued God's purpose in his life. Don't allow this world, don't allow Satan to deceive you young people. God has a purpose for you. Do what God is calling you to do. And you not-so-young people and reti- newly retired people, don't let, God, don't let Satan deceive you thinking there's nothing you can do because you're old and wrinkled and bald. <laughs> Used up, washed up. I don't care if you're retired and have been retired for a long time. God can still use you. Seek God's purpose in your life. Say, well, I served God. I did my time. Now it's time for me not to. No, 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 no. There's never a time when you're not to serve God and to seek to fulfill his purpose. Ever. Because this life doesn't belong to me, and your life doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. We see Jabez's passion for God's prosperity. We see his Pursuit of God's purpose. Let's look at the next part of his prayer. Verse 10. He says, And that thy hand might be with me. We see his petition for God's presence. There we go. He says, God, bless me indeed. God, enlarge my coasts. God, may thy thy hand be with me. You know what he realized? He couldn't do it on his own. He says, God, you know me. And you know my weaknesses. God, I need you. 
if I'm going to do anything, if I'm going to fulfill the purpose that you have for me, this, for me in this life, I need you to be with me. See, one of the problems is we tell people you can do whatever you put your mind to. Now listen, you can, you can accomplish a lot of things in this life. But well, let's also be honest, we all have weaknesses. True. There are some young people that will never grow up to be rocket scientists, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Not everybody is supposed to be a doctor. If we were all rocket scientists and doctors, there wouldn't be any plumbers in the world. Your career doesn't matter as long as it's what God wants you to do. God's purpose for your life. But you'll never be able to accomplish God's purpose for your life without God's presence in your life. You'll never be prosperous. You'll never be successful on your own. Not, now, let me rephrase that. Let me, let me re-say that in a different way. You can be successful in the world's standards. You'll never be successful in God's standards without, without God's presence in your life. Look, look you think back to, to, to Joseph. Joseph had a difficult life. He had a past. He stood up and told his brothers his dreams. Uh, uh, he was known as being daddy's little boy, the, uh, the, the one with the coat of many colors. Daddy loved him more than everybody else, right? His brothers hated him for it. They, they, when I say they hated him, I don't mean they just disliked him. They didn't like to be around him or they teased him. They literally threw him in a pit and were planning to kill him. They hated him for it. That was his past. And, and, and remember what happened. Uh, his one brother didn't want to kill him. Uh, and, and, and so he talked him not into killing him. And he was going to come back and rescue him. But his other brothers sold him into slavery before he got back. Yeah, well, that sounds like a victory. It was for, for Joseph in the end. See, all that was a part of his plan. God's plan, not Joseph's. He was sold into slavery. He, uh, uh, he, was, he had to go into Egypt and, and became a, a slave in Potiphar's house. And, and, and as, a, as, a, as a young man, uh, uh, the Bible says that the Lord was with him. And he wasn't just a slave in Potiphar's house. He wasn't just the lowliest of the low, uh, the lowliest of the low or the uh, disregarded. And God lifted and elevated him up to where he was then in control of everything that belonged to Potiphar. How did that happen? Oh, because he was a great at math and, and every he, no, God was with him. And then Satan got into the heart of Potiphar's wife, and Joseph fled from her, and she accused him of attempting to rape her. And Potiphar had him thrown in jail. Another victory. Except for that's what it was because that was the next stop that God had for him. And while, while he's there in jail, uh, uh, he could have been bemoaning of all, man, my brothers hate me, she lied about me, I didn't do anything wrong, why am I here? I just told my brothers about the dream that God gave me. Why am I here? He didn't do that. In fact, uh, the, the phrase is mentioned in Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, and again in verse 21. Verse 2 is when he's in Potiphar's house. Verse 21 is when he's in jail. It says that the Lord was with Joseph. And while he was there, he wasn't just the new guy on the cell block. The jailer put him in charge of all the other inmates. 
And while he was there, it says he ministered to the butler and the baker. I got to talk to the little kids a little bit about this uh, in Carol's class because they, they were covering this last week. And, and, man, it's amazing what those little kids can remember. He ministered to them, and he told them the dream, that, or they told them the dreams that he, they had, and he interpreted those dreams, and then that stinking butler forgot what to tell Pharaoh, at least until his time. See, what happened? Well, he told, he, he remembered when Pharaoh had a dream and nobody could interpret it. He told Pharaoh about Joseph. Joseph is brought out. He interprets the dream. Why? Because God did it. God was with him, and he did what nobody else could do. And God put him in charge of everything except for Pharaoh. He was second in command of the entire nation of Egypt. That's power. How did he get there? God. It was not his ability. It was not his intelligence. It was not his good looks. It was not his background. It had everything to do with that was God's purpose in his life. And he followed God's purpose. And he sought God's presence. You want to have success, real success? And I'm not talking about having the money rolling in or a good job. I'm talking about God working in your life. If we're going to have success as a church, it's not about the numbers that we have sitting in our seats. It has to do with the growth, uh, the spiritual growth of the people that are here, that, that those are going out and telling others about Christ and souls getting saved or the seed being planted as we're obedient to the word of God. That's success as a church. We may never see 500 or 300 or even 200. That doesn't mean we can't be successful as a church. You, you, may never, you may never stand before people like this and preach a message, but that doesn't mean you're not successful as a child of God. Fulfill the purpose God has for your life and seek his presence to do it, because otherwise you'll never accomplish it. He pursued God's purpose. He petitioned for God's presence. He said, that thou hand might be with me. In the book of Exodus, Moses goes before God. Israel has sinned. They, 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 uh, if you remember, they made the golden calf. And he goes up before God. And, and God says that he's going to, uh, he's going to destroy them. And, and Moses petitions. He stands in the gap. He prays for the people of Israel. And God relents. And God says he repents. He changed his mind. He wasn't going to destroy the people of Israel. He goes, but I will not. He goes, you can go into Israel but I, or, or go into the promised land, but I will not go with you. And Moses said, if, if you're not going to go, don't send us. Well, what was that about? He knew that he needed the presence of God. Do you know that you need the presence of God in your life? How many times do you go through your day and you never even ask for the presence of God? Because we need it all the time. Yes, we have the Spirit of God who dwells in us, but how many times do we ignore the pokings of God the, the, as he begins to push us in a certain direction? You're like, eh, I don't really want to do that today. I'm not comfortable sharing the gospel with this person. Uh, they may not like me. We need the presence of God. He petitioned for God's presence. Notice his plea for God's protection. It says there in verse 10, And that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. There is a battle going on today, and we do have an adversary. 
His desire is to, to cause you to stumble, to cause you to fall, to cause you to doubt. His, his desire is to destroy and to keep, keep you from doing and accomplishing the purpose of God in your life. Uh, his, his, his desire is to destroy your testimony so that, 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 that it, that it uh, hurts and hinders the, the, the movement or the cause of Christ. Uh, he is out to attack you. Uh, the, the Peter says that he's a roaring lion that seeketh to be made devour. It's real. Jabez says, keep me from evil. Now there is temptation out there. We need to ask God. In fact, Jesus told the disciples when he taught them how to pray, to pray, lead me not into temptation. We need to seek the Lord to, 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 to guide our minds, to guide our direction, to guide our steps so that we don't go in the way of evil, but that we go in the way of, of God, that we walk in his way. But listen, we get confused. Our, our minds are, 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 are this, this body, while we do have the Spirit of God in us and we are a new creature, we're still in this flesh. And the flesh and the Spirit lust against one another, and we cannot do the things that we would. Why? Because of that battle that goes on. So Davis prayed, protect us, deliver me from evil. Help me not to see those things that I shouldn't see. Help me not to listen to those things that I shouldn't hear. Put a, uh, David, in, in Psalms, David said to put a gate over his eyes and his mouth. And we need to be very careful that we, uh, that we protect uh, our, our eye gates, our ear gates, uh, and, and, and those things that we read, those things that we hear, those things that we watch. Why? Because Satan is out to destroy us, and he'll do it any way he can. And while we are to pray for God's protection, we also need to be careful of where we go. And what we do. If I'm eating healthy, the, 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 the best place for me is not to be in the Dunkin' Donuts line. Or Burger King. Or McDonald's. Or anywhere else like that. Right? Because I'm tempting myself. It's better. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to eat Dunkin' Donuts or any of those other things. I'm saying if, if I'm trying to do one thing to put myself in a position where I'm tempted, that's a, that's a bad thing because I know my weaknesses. And Satan knows ours. So I believe Joseph knew his. When Potiphar's wife came, what does it say? It doesn't say he just kept saying, no, no, no. It said he ran away. He's like, I'm not sticking around here. I am not going to be a part of this. No! Ran so fast, he left his coat behind. Paul says, flee your youthful lusts. Uses the word flee. Run away. Ask for God's protection. Ask for God's protection from evil. And, and notice this is, it says, he said, keep me from evil, that it may not, there verse uh, 10, that it may, that thou was keeping from evil, that it may not grieve me, wound me, hurt me. You know, sin hurts us. Sin, sin costs you more than you'll ever know. Well, more than you'll know now. See, while, while it may be pleasurable for a season, while you may think that you're, that, that you're, that you're okay because that judgment hasn't happened yet, be sure your sin will find you out. And it always costs. Every time. Every time. 
on your computer, click it through, click the wrong thing. I don't want to see that. Nobody's going to know. They already, the one, who, the one that really matters already knows. Watching that movie that you know you shouldn't have watched. I'm just going to fast forward to these parts. How are you going to know when it's done unless you're looking? Let's be honest. Stepped on toes. Listen to the music. Well, you know, it's just, there's all kinds of, I'm not saying all music is bad. I'm not saying that. But there's a whole lot of ungodly music out there. Careful what we listen to. Careful what we read. Careful where we go. Ask God for protection because it will hurt you. Lastly, we see God's provision for his prayer. Verse 10. And God granted him that which he requested. <laughs> what a blessing it is that we have a God that can answer prayer. Now we think, well, I prayed for this person to be healed, and, and, and they were healed. Praise the Lord. And amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not, don't misunderstand me what I'm saying. But here... Jabez prayed for God to do a work in his spirit, for God to be with him, for God to help him, and God did. Not only did God answer his prayer, but it was because of his desire to fulfill the purpose of God, his desire to live for God, his desire to stay from evil, his desire to, 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 to be blessed by God's blessings, not the world's blessings, these temporal, temporary things. It was because of that that God called him honorable. What would God say about you? See, I, I can't see you, your heart. I, I see what you present with. Sometimes we come in with smiles, but inside we're crying, right? Or angry, or hurt. And sometimes I, the Lord blesses with discernment and I can see that something's off. But I can't see your heart. Only God can. I don't know your motives. I don't really know what your desires are. Do you really desire the, the, the blessings of God or do you desire those physical blessings that so many people are attracted to? Are you willing to give up all those things? All of it. The money, the wealth, the fame, even the health just for the blessings of God in your life. Some of the greatest men and women of God are those that I've seen go through the greatest suffering. They have the greatest relationship with God. Now, when I say the greatest of the people of God, it doesn't mean that they're great, but God has shown up greatly in their lives. Many of you have heard of, uh, oh, what's her name now? You read a book about her life, Jess. There's only like three books you've ever read, read so. No, not her. That's the other book. No, the other one, the one that's paralyzed. Joni Erickson Tata, thank you. My wife has read three books, so I, so I know it's one of the three. <laughs> Most of you, if not all of you, have heard of Joni Erickson Tata. 
as a young teenage girl, she broke her neck and was paralyzed from the waist down, or from the neck down, sorry. And God used her mightily, still does. It's not because she has talent to paint, though she has talent to paint. Now she has that. God gave her that talent to paint. It's not that she can be just because she can sing beautifully, although even with the, the fracture and the, uh, the mechanics of it all, she is able to sing with a beautiful voice. But it's because the presence of God has been upon her life. Now, if you would have asked her when she was 17, I don't think she would have been willing to give up those things. But if you ask her now, I don't think she'd want it back if you took away all the blessings. If we really stop and think about it, are we willing to give up everything for the blessing of God in our life? Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and be paralyzed or go out and sell all your stuff. But remember that, what Jesus said? Jim Elliot had a quote that was very similar. What does a man profit if he gained the whole world? but lose his own soul. Now, you don't lose your salvation. What do you desire more? Health? Wealth? Success in business? Or the blessings of, the real blessings of God on your life? Are you passionate for that in your life? Are you pursuing God's purpose for your life and not your own desires your own wants. You young people, you have a future ahead of you. What is it that you want? Are you going to do it on your own or are you going to do it with the presence of God? Because you only have true success with his presence. God help us. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word and the the principles that we can see here. I pray that your spirit would have its way with each one of us, Lord. Speak to us. Help us to be tender to you. What you have for us. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes.